Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, with our success 
uh, when I use the word success, I'm not talking about things. I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about a relationship with the Father and the Son. I'm talking about uh, uh, transcending the mundane, flowing in the supernatural. It's impossible uh, without a relationship uh, with the Holy Spirit. And and one of the reasons I believe we're not seeing gr- a great move of God uh, in our personal life, I'm not talking about out there in public. I was sharing something with my um, uh, one of my daughters that the the strength uh, of your public life is contingent upon your private life. Uh, a lot of people want to shine publicly, but our uh, private life. Is is liking, but we gotta cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is God Himself, and think about it. Uh, what witch, which, what wizard, warlock, uh, what entity is greater than the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is God, so Satan is not greater than uh, the Holy Spirit. Principalities and powers is not greater than the Holy Spirit. Uh, no demon is greater than the Holy Spirit. No human being is greater than the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit himself is God. His ministry is to make Jesus real to us. His ministry is to form Jesus on the inside of me. Uh, he is the ultimate spirit guide. Uh, like the witches and warlords have spirit guides and uh, they reveal things to them, we have the ultimate revealer. The Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither enter into the hearts of men the things that the Father has prepared for us that love him. The next verse says, but he revealeth them unto us by his spirit. He reveals them, us to, uh, un- them unto us by his spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the, the revealer of the heart and the mind of God. The, the scripture says, uh, the Holy Spirit searches all things. Yes even the deep things of God, not just the deep things of God abstractly, but the deep things of God concerning yourself. The Holy Spirit searches all things. Yes, even the deep things of God concerning your spouse, concerning your children, concerning your purpose, concerning your destiny. He knows the deep things of God. Why? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is God. But and that's why the scripture clearly tells us the Father is going to reveal them unto us by his Holy Spirit. Wow, I had no intention to get on here talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh that's not my intention. That uh but that's the route, but we're gonna still see what the Lord wants to do because I wanna go back over some things that are gonna help us. But I believe once again we need this relationship. We need to cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He is not a doer. He's a helper. He's called, the Greek word is paraclete uh, or parakletos, one that's called alongside, one is called alongside. So he's called alongside of us for what? To help us, to assist us. He's not a doer, and I think that is the problem uh, with a lot of us. Uh, we want the Holy Spirit to do things. He is not a doer. He is a helper. And that's why is uh, everything that the Holy Spirit does in my life and your life is contingent upon our faith. So when I believe God, faith without works is dead. When I believe God and step out, then the Holy Spirit aids. I, I move, the Holy Spirit moves. If I stand still, the Holy Spirit stands still. So we got to learn how to flow with him. We got to get to know him. And and uh, and and how it's cultivated, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, it's by faith. You step out by faith, and the Holy Spirit will meet you. My uh, one of my daughters, my youngest daughter, matter of fact, asked me a question today uh, concerning uh, um, have I have ever had a supernatural encounter with God, and I begin to explain to her. A lot of the testimonies I share that you hear me sharing in my me- uh, uh, my messages over the pulpit, <laughs> majority of those things were supernatural encounters. Uh, I share with her, you all, this family is living in the realm of the supernatural. 
And I said, you all don't know how God provides for you all. You all just live. You all just eat, sleep, drink, drive, but have no clue that the majority of times it, 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 uh, your, your daddy, you don't never see me complaining, never see me work. It is supernatural. God, I believe the word of the Lord. And I'm going to get to the scripture in a few minutes here concerning uh, from uh, uh, Saturday. How do this thing, how does this thing work? And we were talking about sharing some things about uh, uh, the difference between a, a, uh, a satanic backlash and uh, when there is a, uh, uh, I keep forgetting that word I'm using, but when there's a satanic opposition, uh, Satan opposing me. And that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, but I got to be able to know the difference uh, between the opposition of the enemy, when the enemy is opposing me uh, or, or challenging me, or when there's a satanic backlash. And if we don't know the difference, that's when the enemy is going to manipulate us. And I don't know why, uh, or what is going on with this particular word, that the enemy is trying to uh, trip me up a counterattack. That's the word I'm looking for. The difference between a satanic counterattack and the difference between a satanic backlash. And uh, uh, one of my concerns is uh, if we don't know the difference, Satan will be able to manipulate. He will be able to get over on me if I don't know the difference between a counterattack, and a backlash. Now, you can take it to the bank. Basically, every time you receive a prophetic word, you could take this to the bank. Every time you receive a prophetic word, every time you receive a word that has been enlightened to you by the Spirit of God through your morning devotion, or your pastor ministering the word of the Lord, or you just reading the Bible, and uh, a rhema word comes to you by the Spirit of God. And uh, when that takes place, we get excited. But you can take it to the bank that you're being set up for a counterattack. You've you, you, you got to understand that. That is one reason we, I believe the Lord started this session off today talking about the Holy Spirit. We got to be able to know him. We got to be able to fellowship with him. We got to be able to commune with him. We got to submit to him. We got to yield to him. He knows the counterattacks. He knows exactly what the enemy is trying to do. He is God. He is God. And so, therefore, when we do, the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct you into a praise, into a worship, or he will strengthen your faith in the midst of the counterattack, uh, uh, um, helping you and assisting you to hold on to what God has promised you, to hold on to what God has spoken prophetically over your life. The Holy Spirit, what good is he if we don't let him help us? And that is the problem. Uh, uh, those who have gone through our prophetic training, I, I put a lot of emphasis on um, uh, understanding the Holy Spirit, the baptism, and, and the gifts of the Spirit, how he want to manifest himself. I put a lot of emphasis on and, and bring out the distinction between speaking in tongues and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being used by the Spirit of God. Uh, what has happened Ladies and gentlemen, we got to understand the manipulation of Satan. And what I mean by that, there is a huge difference between the first century church and the church today. Huge difference. They had no Bible, but they flowed in great and greater power. They had no Bible, there was greater manifestation of the supernatural. And I'm not talking about through the apostles. I'm talking about the church. And, and if, even if we look at our deacons today, Stephen was a deacon. Floating in the supernatural, signs, wonders, and miracles. What kind of deacons we got today? How many deacons we have today flowing signs, wonders, and miracles? The majority of deacons today, what they do? 
they 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 dress in uh, all black and white, and uh, they may take up the offering, sit people down, uh, uh, usher people out of the out of the building. You see how far we have fallen compared to the first century church and the church today. Do you look? Do you see the standard has fallen? And the reason there was deacons and, and notice the qualification. He said, "Choose, choose seven men among you that's full of the Holy Ghost, men of wisdom." And these men had to have a reputation that they was men men of integrity and character. But but forget about that. But but these men just wasn't. Excuse me, men that that just handle menial tasks. But these men had a relationship with God. These men had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. These men flowed supernaturally. Well, who flows supernaturally today in our churches? If it's the pastor, that's about it. And 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 think about it. Majority of our pastors don't even flow supernaturally. So what has been the emphasis? There was no. There was no. There was no Bible, but they flowed supernaturally. So what did they preach? Christ. But they preached Christ according to their encounter with Christ. That's what made it real, ladies and gentlemen. We preach a Bible, the Word, without ever experiencing it. And that's why it's no power. They had no Word. They, the Holy Spirit led them into an encounter with Jesus. The message of Jesus Christ was preached to them from the apostles. They preached Christ and the kingdom of God. Those people was led into an experience with Christ and the kingdom of God. Based on their experience, then they began to share with people the gospel of Christ based on their encounter, based on their experience. Today, it says flip-flop, and I know it's Satan. Satan has led us, manipulated us, and brought us into a season where there's a lot of emphasis on the word with no encounter. We love quoting scripture, but no encounter. We love preaching it and no encounter. We love quote unquote what people call revelation and no encounter. Having a revelation from God, we call revelation uh, teaching and preaching. Uh, uh, scriptures and, and unfolding them, breaking them down, Greek, Hebrew, and that ain't revelation. That's study. <clears throat> That's study. Anybody study is going to learn some things that they never knew before through study. By looking up uh, words and uh, reading commentaries, it's a difference, ladies and gentlemen. It's a difference. So we see in the first century church that there was a, a, a they had less Bible, but but there was a real Jesus. They experienced the reality of Christ. We got more Bible and less encounters with Christ. And so we have become more religious. We have, we have become more of having a form of godliness and then the power. They had the power trying to develop a form. <laughs> and so therefore, it got to be a divine balance, ladies and gentlemen. So we need to develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we've got to be able to discern the distinction between a satanic counterattack. Now, how do a counterattack take place, and when does a counterattack take place? Usually it's when the word of the Lord has been given to you. I guarantee you this right here, because God is a God of divine order. I guarantee you, whatever your preacher preaches on Sunday or Wednesday, I guarantee you, Usually before seven days pass, that that word is going to be attacked. That word you got is going to be attacked. Why is it going to be attacked? Because Satan understands this thing greater than you and I do. He's attacking that word because his ultimate goal is to steal that word. Why do he want to steal your word? Because he know if he get the word, you could never have faith. If he get your word, he got your faith. And if you have your faith, you have nothing. Your relationship with Jesus Christ, the Father and the Holy Spirit, most likely is going to be liking. Because how, think about it. 
What good is being in a relationship with anybody you cannot trust? The relationship is absolutely no good. No good if you cannot trust the person who you're in relationship with. If you have advanced on your job and gotten promotions on your job, it's only because that that supervisor, that president of that company, believe in you, trust in you, because they see that you have proven yourself, so they begin to develop trust in you. That's how it works. I remember one time, uh, years ago, I wasn't married at this time. I was up, uh, up under the... Uh, the leadership of my mentor at that time, living with him when I first came into South Florida. And uh, I put a question before the Lord through him at that particular time. I said, uh, uh, Lord, do you trust me? How many of you uh, that is with us tonight want to know if God trusts you? See, this is how I talk to God. A lot of times we don't want to know because we already probably know what God is going to say. But ask him. I asked God, I said, Lord, do you trust me? And the Lord spoke a very simple word back to me, but a very profound. I I meditated on that word at least three days before I can really digest what he was saying to me. And the answer was, I trust you to the degree that you know me. Wait a minute. No, I asked you, do you... Trust me, he said, I trust you to the degree that you know me. I meditated on that three days. And because and, and it, 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 I was only saved a, a short time when I came here. Uh, when I first came, I was only saved a year. So I don't remember, uh, was I my second year here, uh, first year here? I don't remember back then. I trust you to the degree that you know me, that you know me. So I said, you know, I, I, I'm not that smart, so you have to make it plain to me, God. And the Lord showed us him this way. He said, on a scale from 1 to 10, if you know me one degree, I trust you one degree. And what does it mean for God to trust me? That means, think about it, how many of you have anybody you in relationship with that you can trust a hundred percent. Do you have any relationship like that? To trust somebody a hundred percent, that means you trust them with your life. You trust them with your spouse. You trust them with your children. You trust them with your finances. You trust them with your home. You trust them with your property. You trust them one hundred percent. And the only way that that can happen, because you know that person loves you, and that person has proven. That they're not in relationship with you for personal gain. They're proven that. I'm not in this relationship for personal gain. I'm in this relationship because I value you. I'm in this relationship because I care about you. And there's nobody, ladies and gentlemen, I can say, and, 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 and I pray that God will reveal otherwise to me, I can't think of anybody that I'm in relationship with or been in relationship with since I've been saved for personal gain. And it could have been, I don't, re- I don't remember if I have been. Usually, uh, uh, people that I'm in relationship with, they benefit. Because I'm, I'm the kind of person, I like seeing people blessed. I like helping people. I'm not jealous. I'm not envious. I like to see people grow and elevate. I like to see people blessed. I really do. Because... My my thing is this right here. The bigger picture for me, I see the bigger picture is God and Satan. It's God and Satan. So when God's people are in it, more God's people, when God's people is blessed, I just look at here's the manifestation of the victory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, all of us have victory, but victory have not been made manifest. And see, you can't do that until your heart is clean. Your heart got to be pure. Your heart got to be right. And the grace of God can help our hearts. God's grace can help our hearts. If, if, if you're envious, if you're challenged with uh, envy, strife, and jealousy, if you're challenged with it, listen, 
God can help us. He can help us all. All you have to do is cry to God. God, purify my heart. I don't want to be this way. He already know it. He just wants to cry out to him. And he'll begin to put us in situations to make choices. That's how it works. That's how your heart is developed. It's not through prayer. It's by praying. Then God puts you in a situation and you trust him in the situation. Transformation takes place. So he, he said, I trust you to the degree that, I, that you know me. And think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Then, then the question would be, how much do you and I know him? Do I know him in one degree, two degrees, three degrees, four degrees, five degrees, six degrees? How do we, how, how, how do I know him? You said, well, I, I know the Bible. You can know Scripture and don't know God. And and see, that's going back to him saying how Satan has come in and manipulated us. You can know Scripture and don't know God. I'm going to say it again. You can know Scripture and do not know God. And a lot of people know Scripture, but they don't know God. But how would you, how can you tell when a person know God? I say you should, I say this to my, uh, uh, I don't say it all the time, but uh, I say to make this statement all the time to my leadership and my congregation. Uh, God has graced me to shepherd. It's this right here, that I'm not impressed by preaching. I'm not impressed by teaching. I'm not impressed by flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. I said God uses me in those things. I said, I'm going to tell you what impresses me. What impresses me is when hell breaks loose against you and you're able to stand. That, that impressed me. That impressed me when, 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 when somebody just lost a family member and they still uh, uh, execute the will of God. They, they, they don't, they don't, they don't uh, 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 get so oppressed that they stop doing what God has called them to do. See, that impresses me. See, you know why? Because that reveals what degree that person knows God or don't know God, how you handle pressure. Here's another example. When uh, uh, in the book of Acts, Paul was stoned by his own countrymen and he was left dead. They thought he was dead. They stoned him. And they left. Uh, after they left, he revived. Read it when you get a chance. And the scripture says he got up and went into the next city. I think the next city was Iconium. Went into the next city and began to preach again. Began to preach again. He didn't say, why do you allow this to happen to me? I, 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 I'm a preacher and, 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 and I'm doing your will. And That reveals he knew God. And what degree did he knew God? From one, a scale from one to ten, had to be a high nine or ten. And God was with him. That's what impresses me. That's what impresses God. When giants surround us, and we make a declaration that Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still Lord. You have been defeated. You have been conquered. And see, a man and a woman that knows God in situations like this, you know, you know what the attitude is? I've been there. Imagine, okay, I'm going to see what God's going to do in this situation. I'm going to see how God's going to work this one out. You, you, be so, you live in a, in, in a state of expectancy. It's almost like excitement. While people is breaking loose against you, people lying on you, hell breaking loose, people just stole from you, robbed from you, whatever the case is. Okay, I'm going to see how God's going to work this one out. I'm not going to work this one out. That's a man that knows that God is sovereign. That's a woman that knows that God is omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent. This is a man and a woman of God that knows that God is the creator of the heavens, the earth, the world, and all they that dwells therein. This is a reality to them. So they get excited. So they understand the nature of God. They understand the characteristics and the attributes of God. They understand for somebody to steal from you, they just stole from God. When somebody slapped you, they just slapped God. See, this, this is real to, to the man you know, that knows God. That's what impresses me. That's what impresses me. There's no complaining. There's no murmuring. 
There's no grumbling. And see, when you when you talk like this right here, it seems foreign to Christians, but not to God. Remember, John, a uh, Jesus cousin was beheaded. John the Baptist. Did Jesus did Jesus have a pity party? Did he have a pity party? Did Jesus quit the ministry? Did he quit the ministry because his cousin? was beheaded by Herod. Did, did he did he? No. The Bible says he went to a more solitary place. He went to pray. Of course, he loved John. That's his cousin. And he knew the purpose of John. John was a forerunner. And he already knew John came to die. But still, we have natural affections because we live in these physical bodies. The Bible says he went into a more solitary place, but the great multitudes followed him. He could say, don't y'all know my cousin just died? I don't want to do ministry today. Why don't y'all go home? Let, let me, let me uh, 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 mourn. That's what we say. Let, 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 let me mourn properly. Give me time to mourn. But the Bible said great multitudes followed him, and he healed every last one of them. He healed every last one of them. Want to know why? He knew God. And what I mean by knowing God, he understood I'm here for God. I'm here for the purpose of God. I'm not here for EJ. I'm not here for me, Jesus. I'm here for God. I'm here on assignment from God. So therefore, if the Father sent people for me to minister to in the time of my grieving, then this is what I experienced, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit becomes my strength. The Holy Spirit becomes the power of God to minister to people, to minister to the needs of people when I feel like I need ministry. That's how you experience the supernatural. That's how you engage in the supernatural. And the Bible says he laid hands on people, and every person got healed. Demons was cast out of everyone during his time of need. This is how you get to know him. This is how you get to know God. This is how God becomes a reality. See, it's easy. I trust you, Lord. It's easy to sing. I trust you. I wish I could sing. I would sing a little bit of that to you. But we don't want to run nobody off, off the program today. So that's definitely not my grace. Uh, uh, but I believe in the supernatural. I believe God can supernaturally do it. I heard... Uh, 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 a statement I started broadcast on my Catherine Kuhlman have uh, the only person I knew I never met her but I've seen old films of her had an intimacy relationship with the Holy Spirit like nobody else I know but I'm sure there is she just had to had the spotlight she had the spotlight but there's many men and women uh, that have an, uh, 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 an intimacy with the Holy Spirit at the second to none they just not as well known as Catherine Coleman. But she had made a statement that she was uh, uh, was doing a meeting, and the meeting was clo uh, closed out, and she was greeting some people. And the Spirit of God failed on a young girl, and this young girl starts singing. She said it was the most, uh, paraphrase how she said it, melodious voice she ever, ever heard. She said it was heavenly. And the mother was weeping. And she said, is everything okay? She said, that's not my daughter. My daughter can't sing. That's not my daughter. She can't sing. So let, watch this right here. That's beautiful. That When I heard that said, see, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, we put emphasis on tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when we are filled with him. And he now begins to express himself through us. In this case, we don't see this in the Bible, that a person that cannot sing begin to sing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We look at the tongue. Other words, ladies and gentlemen, tongues was a supernatural uh, endowment. Now, if a person cannot sing, and the Spirit of God falls upon her or him, and they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then begin to sing, and they have never ever 
and they don't they don't have ability to sing. They can't carry a note. That's supernatural. That's supernatural. And this is what the Holy Spirit want to do. He want to take us and flow through us in ways that we have never flowed before so you to know it's supernatural. You know it's the Holy Spirit. He want to do some things in you and through you that you would know and everybody around you know. That's God. That's God. I know that person. They can't sing. They can't even pray. But the Spirit of God comes upon you, and you begin to pray. You begin to battle war. Things come out of your spirit that blow everybody, even your own mind, because you know it's not you. This is, that's what we call the we got to We got to believe God for a greater experience with the Holy Spirit, a greater encounter with the Holy Spirit. If any of you all seen any of those old Catherine Coleman uh, 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 films, the word of knowledge was second to none. No laying hands on nobody, but the Holy Spirit started breaking out. Throughout the service, word of knowledge, person in the balcony, and people bones start popping in place, eyes popping open, ears popping open, brand new hearts given, peeping wheelchairs get nobody laying hands. The work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost talking. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what God wants to do, that nobody can get the glory but the Most High God. The Most High God. And, I, 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 and the reason I'm bringing this out is because we just come off with a consecration. And uh, on this consecration, that's uh, the Lord led me to uh, 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 watch a portion. I don't know what I was clicking on. I was shut up in a hotel uh, 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 for three days uh, and uh, seeking the face of the Lord. And I think one of those mornings or nights, whatever the case may be, I think I was uh, looking at something, and it had a link to uh, Catherine Coma. I wish I could find it again, and I clicked on it. And she was at Oral Roberts University, and she was. Uh, she said, I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to share with you my life. She started talking about the Holy Spirit. When this woman started talking about the Holy Spirit, it's like she's talking about her husband. It's like she's talking about one of her children, somebody she loves so great, just weeping and crying as she's talking about it. How many of us have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and God or Jesus like that, that he's more precious to us than our spouses? Trust me, I have not seen it. I'm sure it is, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. People love their spouse and their children more than they do God, the average person. But this woman... And she talked about the price. This 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 whole session today is totally Holy Spirit inspired because this is not what I came to, uh, on to share on this broadcast. But I know the Lord is challenging us. I know this is the Spirit of God today. And she began to share with those students the price. She said, "Oh, it is a price. It's a price." And then she said she was interviewed. And the, and, and the person was interviewing said, how long does it you, you, it takes you to prepare for a meeting? Uh, she said, I'm always prepared. I'm always prepared. So, so in other words, when she said, I live in this realm. I live in this realm, this union, this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the place that he's bringing, he desires to bring us to. But what is the price? What is the price to be paid for this kind of encounter and experience with the Holy Spirit? Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. When the Holy Spirit comes, where do he come? He comes out of the human spirit, but he fills our heart. He fills what? Our heart. But think about it. Even with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the stuff that we call tongues, and she made that statement, too, as you were talking to the students. She said, 
Some of the things I hear that people call tongues is not tongues at all. She said the Holy Spirit is a perfect God. He's perfect. Everything he does, he does it in perfection. Think about it. It's God. And a lot of the stuff we call tongues, think about it. We pray in tongues and we turn around and lie. We pray in tongues and we turn around and assassinate someone's character. We pray in tongues and we get up and we lie. Don't you think something is wrong with that? That should show us something is wrong. Because think about it. When people entered the presence of God in the Old Testament, when, they, when the angel came in the presence of God, representing God, what happened? Everybody fell on their face. They were like dead men. Life just left them. And we say we are filled with God because we speak in some tongues. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to, let's go back to the drawing board. And, and cry to God and say, God, something is wrong. Something is wrong. I'm speaking in these tongues, but my life is still bound. I'm speaking in these tongues, but I'm still struggling with lying and cheating and this and that. Oh, I'm not talking about, ladies and gentlemen, making mistakes. I'm not talking about that. Captain Kuma wasn't perfect. No human being was. That's why we Jesus came. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, because even Catherine Coleman, she died as a result of majority of people believe, I won't say majority of people believe, but uh, some people believe as a result of what came out of her mouth. She's always talking about the, the, her singer, how he's going to give her a heart attack. And from my understanding, that's what she died of, if I'm not mistaken. A broken heart. A broken heart, that's what the, uh, the commentators said. A broken heart. So, 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 uh, uh, she wasn't perfect, but she had a relationship with the Spirit of the living God. And I believe God is calling us into a place of intimacy. There's a call, I believe, in this last day and time. Not a call in the supernatural, but a call in relationship. The supernatural flow is a result of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Are, are you getting this? Are you getting my prayer with God that we would get this? He's calling us into this intimacy. He's calling us into the relationship. And, and God wants to use the supernatural. But you got to understand, it's not the supernatural so much he wants to flow through us. It's the relationship that he desires us to have. And the supernatural will automatically flow through. The Holy Spirit will manifest himself through us. Then I have to ask myself the question, do I really long for this relationship to enter with the Holy Spirit? Or do I really long to be used by the Holy Spirit? I have to ask, ask myself the question, answer it. Do I really want to be used? And, 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 and please listen to me. The majority of us suffer with such great insecurity. And we want to be used because we want to be acknowledged by people. We want people to see us as somebody. We want to be used so I can give a testimony at my church and tell the people what God did through me. And, and in reality, I'm only saying that because I want the people to say, wow, EJ is awesome. But I just said God used me. But really what's my motive is that God used me. Now give me some praise. So I got to examine these kind of things. The men and the women that God is going to use in this last day and time, it's men and women that is really doing it for the glory of God. They really understand this thing is about the kingdom, drawing people to the kingdom and not drawing people to us, drawing people to Jesus and not drawing people to us. People need to understand when the supernatural is flowing through us, it is a, it is a demonstration of the love of God towards humanity. How God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. It is a demonstration of love. But when I'm insecure, I'm challenged with identity, that I want somebody to look at me. I want somebody to praise me. That's satanic and demonic. That's what Satan did before he became Satan, Lucifer, before he became Satan in heaven. He took what God made him out of it, out of and used it to draw the angels to him. 
used to enroll the angels in him. Absalom did the same thing concerning his father. He was bitter because his father didn't handle the situation concerning his sister and his brother correctly. And the Bible says he stood at the gate when the people came to talk to the king to get a word from God. He stole the people's heart. Satan stole the angel's heart. See, when you and I, if we're insecure, we're not uh, satisfied with our relationship with God, we're going to take the gifts that God give us, and we're going to use them to draw people to us and not use them to draw people to Jesus. And there's absolutely no difference between Satan and us that operate from that spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not about you. This is not about E.J. McKenzie. This is about the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, ladies and gentlemen. This is about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. People has been drawn into the kingdom of darkness every single day. The grace of God comes to us that you and I will exercise the ministry of reconciliation to draw people out of darkness. And one of the ways that God's going to do it, the supernatural in the kingdom of God must become greater than the supernatural in the kingdom of darkness. When Moses threw his rod down and the musicians of Egypt and the world of the kingdom of darkness throw their rods down, the rod of God is going to swallow up the rod of the agents of darkness. And God is calling you and I to a place, just like Moses, that we're willing to give up everything to bring glory, honor, and praise to him. We're willing to give up everything. We're willing to pay the price, like Catherine McComb has talked about. She paid a great price. And the price that she paid was death to Catherine. She gave all of Catherine for all of the Holy Spirit all of Jesus, all of God. Oh, God, grace our hearts today. Give us that kind of heart. And, and, and we don't have it, but we desire it. Help us. Help us. If you help us, Lord God, we can develop that heart. We can develop that kind of mind. And, Lord, you will raise up sons and daughters in this last day and time not seeking any glory, not seeking any honor, not seeking any praise because they, they, they have such intimacy with you and they live to bring pleasure to you. Jesus and my meat is to do the will of the Father that sent me. And may the Lord God grace all of our hearts under the sound of my voice tonight. He will grace all of our hearts to be transformed into a hundredfold heart that the Holy Spirit can fill us. The Bible said, Jesus... Um, uh, received the fullness of the Spirit without measure. That means his heart was empty then. His heart was totally, 100% empty of Jesus and filled with God himself. He says, the Father that does the work. He said, I myself can do nothing, but what I see the Father do, I do what I hear the Father say, I say, filled with God. He lost his identity in God. He lost his reputation in the reputation of God. He lived for the reputation of his father. What about you? What about me? Are we living for the reputation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? That's what the Holy Spirit is here to do through us, and in us, and through us. Jesus said, when, the Holy, when I said the Spirit of truth, whom I'm going to send from the Father, he said, uh, uh, he's going to testify about me. He's going to testify about me. He's going to take what belongs to me, which really belongs to the Father. And he's going to, the Amplified Virgin said, he's going to declare it, disclose it, uh, and transmit it unto you. Now, I think reveal was one of them. Reveal it, declare it, disclose it, and transmit it to you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He's here to make Jesus shine. He's here to make uh, what Jesus has accomplished on Calvary's cross, his resurrection, ascension, and enthronement, he's here to manifest that in us and through us. It has already been done in the realm of the Spirit, but it must be made manifest here. It must be manifest here. When people get healed and delivered, that's a manifestation of Jesus' victory over Satan. Jesus' authority and power just was made manifest over Satan. It was kingdom of God just made manifest 
over the kingdom of darkness. That's what it ain't about you. It's not about me. If you and I develop that mentality, I believe the spirit of God starts flowing through us without reservation, without hesitation. He know that you're living for the glory of Jesus. He know that you're living for the praise of Jesus. And he know that you know, you of yourself, I of myself, can do nothing. But what I see Jesus do, I do. What I hear Jesus say, I say. I have come to the end of myself. I have come to the end of E.J. McKenzie. I don't seek anything of my own, but I seek that which belongs to, the, to my Lord and my Master. Paul came to that place. He said, I count all things dung that I might win Jesus. My reputation has been laid aside. He said, if anybody can boast, I, I can boast with the best of them. He said, listen, I was circumcised the eighth day. I'm a, I'm a Jew. I'm an Israelite. I'm a Benjamite. He said, uh, circumcised the eighth day when it came down to the law, keeping the law perfect. He said, but I count all these things dumb, that I might win Christ. What has you accomplished that you pride yourself of, that you, you have accomplished but you, you need the praise of men? You want people to acknowledge you because of your accomplishments in this realm? What did Paul tell the Corinthians? He said, what do you have that was not given to you? What do you have? He said, everything anybody had, it was given to them. Even if you got education, God gave you the mind to be able to comprehend. He gave you the mind to understand. What do you have that has not been given to you? There's nothing you have. The breath that is in your body right now, who gave it to you? Who gave it to you? God gave it to you. Everything that you and I have, ladies and gentlemen, and everything that you and I have become, we become it by grace and grace only. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. So who can boast? No one can boast. Absolutely nobody can boast because we are who we are by the grace of God and the grace of God only. So he's challenging us. He's challenging us to a place of intimacy with him. He's challenging you. He's challenging me. What is the thing that's blocking the supernatural in your life? What is the thing that's blocking? When I say supernatural, think about it. How can you and I flow in the supernatural apart from the Holy Spirit? Unless we're operating on the demon spirits. But far be it. You and I are operating under the Holy Spirit. We have him. But why isn't there a greater level of the manifestation of the supernatural? Because we want to use the Holy Spirit, and that's not going to happen. He's here to use us. He want to use my spirit, my soul, my heart, my mind. He want to use my eyes, my ears, my tongue. He want to use that which has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, which is my whole constitution. My spirit, soul, and body belongs to the Most High God. The scripture says, I am the purchased possession of Almighty God. I belong to him. First Corinthians 6 says, I can't do what I want to do. Why? I don't belong to me. You can do whatever you want to do, whatever is yours. But what is not yours, you can't do what you want to do with to, to that which is not yours. You and I are the property of Almighty God. He purchased you and I. For what? Because he wants to use you and I as instruments and vessels of restoration and reconciliation. Drawing men and women to his family. Drawing men and women to the kingdom of God. Equipping men and women to be led, governed, controlled, and influenced by the Holy Spirit of the Most High God, helping men and women to to walk in, to live in the Spirit first and to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit. Oh, we quote this, but how do we do it? It's impossible to live in the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit as long as E.J. McKenzie is alive, as long as I'm alive, until I'm willing to die to my will, that the will of God will be done and performed. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to take place. I personally believe, ladies and gentlemen, he's been trying to help us, but we fight God every step of the way. 
He said, how is that, preacher? Because every time God allow you and allow me to be in some kind of adverse circumstances, situation, that is an opportunity for the supernatural to be demonstrated through you and I. That is an opportunity for the dominion of Jesus to take place over that thing. This is an opportunity for the lordship of Jesus to be made manifest. This is an opportunity for the supremacy of Christ to be made manifest over that thing. This is an opportunity for Jesus to have the preeminency over that particular thing that is challenging me. It's my faith in him that releases his lordship. It's my faith in him in the midst of the situation, holding on to Jesus, holding on to what Jesus has already accomplished, then he manifests himself. He manifests himself. But you want to know why it don't work? Because Jesus usually always put you and I in a situation we can make a choice to come out of it. And we usually take the choice to come out of it. And when we do that, we abort an opportunity to experience the supernatural. Anytime God put you and I in a hard place, he always leaves the door open for you to get aid and help from somebody else besides him. He always does it that way. Because the power of choice. He always, I did a message years ago called Between the Two Trees. Between the Two Trees. You, you and I will live between the two trees to the day we die. So what do you mean between the two trees? He will always get, put you and I in a situation to choose the tree of life or the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Every time we sin, we choose the tree of knowledge and good and evil, every single time. But every time you and I stand, we choose the tree of life. That means you rejected the alternative. You rejected that choice. And the choice, the alternative, always look better, sound better. But it's always designed to bring pleasure to me, but never pleasure to God. Partaking of the fruit of the, uh, the, uh, the tree of life, always, watch this right here, it always costs me something, but it always brings glory to God. It always brings glory to God. Why? I just denied myself. That's the only way God can receive the ultimate amount of glory out of your life and my life. When I deny myself, then he's glorified. But when I go after what I want, I denied him, and I'm glorified. But I pay, I'm going to pay a terrible price. I'm going to pay a terrible price. And the price may be God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the presence, the intimacy. Because I chose what I wanted and not what he wanted. Are you getting this? In this whole session today has been 100% prophetic. 100% prophetic, and you should be able to sense the unction. I have not looked at absolutely not one note, getting ready to get into it, and the Spirit of God just kept on talking to us. He's kept on talking to us tonight. He's challenging us. He's challenging us. And so, therefore, but this is great love towards us. It's sort of like he's begging us. He's begging us into a relationship with him, I don't even use the word relationship. You're already in relationship with him, but fellowship. You're in relationship with him because you received him, his son Jesus, as your Lord and Savior. But you got to go beyond the relationship. You got to begin to develop fellowship. And the fellowship, the more you fellowship, the more you know. And the more you know, the more he can trust you and I. But he's looking for intimacy. He's looking for you when he can speak to you in the middle of something you love and say, come to me. You can immediately stop it, turn it down, and go to him. Oh, God, grace our hearts. Grace all of our hearts tonight to be sensitive, pliable, filled with a passion for you. Grace us not to lie to ourselves anymore. 
Don't allow us to trick ourselves and lie to ourselves. With this spiritual gymnastics and religious activity we do is faith, is trusting you, is forgetting about ourselves. And I ask, Father, that your grace will be upon the hearers of this broadcast. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, under the sound of my voice, minister to us, Holy Spirit. Minister to our hearts. Reveal unto all of us the thing that is blocking the intimacy, the thing that is blocking the reality of Jesus Christ being in our lives. Father, we thank and we praise you for it even now, that even as you revealed to us that we would judge ourselves, that we won't be judged by you. We will acknowledge that we have sinned against you. We will acknowledge we have sinned against your son, Jesus. We will acknowledge that we have sinned against the Holy Spirit, and you are faithful, and you are just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that you will set us free from that thing, that vice, that yoke, that bond that has been holding us from this intimacy. Holding us from experiencing the Holy Spirit, Lord God, like Jesus experienced him, and Paul experienced him, and Catherine Coleman experienced him, and the great uh, uh, men and women, oh God, uh, that, that has paved the way for this day, this hour that we're living in. Lord, you're calling us to live in the supernatural 24-7 because the Holy Spirit is a supernatural entity because he is God on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you. There are liberty, free course, and free reign. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Forgive us from the times that we have grieved you, hurt you, wounded you, sir. Forgive us. And, Father, have mercy upon us for grieving your precious Holy Spirit. Forgive us for the time that we rejected you, Holy Spirit, when you was trying to commune with us and you was trying to educate us and you was trying to train us and we rejected it. Forgive us for those times. Have mercy upon us, Father, even now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, teach us the Holy Spirit. Open up our understanding to him. Grace us to know the Holy Spirit in an intimate way. Grace us, O oh God, to know the ways of the Holy Spirit, the movies of the Holy Spirit. Grace us, O oh God, to, to yield to him so he can teach us concerning you, Father, and he can teach us concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. He can teach us concerning the kingdom of God. Oh, God, grace us to know him so he can minister your love to us. Minister, oh, God, your compassion to us. Minister acceptance to us that we know that we've been approved and accepted by you. Only the Holy Spirit can minister that to our hearts, oh, God, the reality of God to us, the reality of Jesus to us. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, sir. We need you. And we ask, Father, that the Spirit of God will come. He will come as the rain, the latter in the form of rain. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, fill every home under the sound of my voice with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Let revival break out in our hearts and our minds. Let revival break out in our marriages. Let revival break out in our children's lives. Let revival break out in our congregations. Let revival break out in our communities. Let revival break out in, oh God, this nation as a whole. We need a move of God. And a move will not come until intimacy come. Grace us to die that we can experience the life, even the very life of Christ. I speak it, O oh God, upon every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice, even this night. Seal this prayer, Father, by your Son's blood. Let it not be altered. And I ask for angelic assistance tonight. I ask for angels. The angels of God will be released to assist our personal angel. Let our personal angel, Lord God, aid us and help us. We ask, O oh God, to bring us into this place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Let the angels that were released from heaven to come alongside of our angels to assist us even this night in the name of Jesus. Even this night in the name of Jesus. Even this night in the name of Jesus. Every enemy of our intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Let our angels war and battle against every work of darkness that will assign to block and to stop and to hinder our intimacy, our faith, and our trust, and our confidence, and our Father, and our Lord, and the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Let these warring angels be released even now in the name of Jesus. 
oh God, shakes in every enemy. Every enemy of our abandonment. Every enemy of our yieldedness. Every enemy of our surrender. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise tonight. It's done, settled, and sealed. Hear from heaven, Lord, and answer in the earth realm. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Saturday was our last time uh, uh, um, doing the meeting on uh, Saturdays. That was it. Saturday just passed. We're doing Monday and Tuesday at this present time. And so we pray that you will keep us lifted up in prayer, and, and, and let's pray for one another. Let's pray that God will uh, 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 grace us to experience a personal revival. That revival will break out in our personal lives. And revival will break out in our homes. And revival will break out in our congregation. And revival will break out on your job. That just as you're greeting someone, the Spirit of God can fall upon your boss. And your balls can go off in singing songs of praise when they cannot sing. Or speaking in tongues when they never even heard this voice, this language before. Or do something supernatural that they know without a shadow of a doubt that this is not me. This is God. And they can give God glory. And people can give God glory. And they will come to the Lord Jesus Christ as a result of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. This is what it's about. So let's begin to pray for revival like never before. That God would send down the rain, the latter in the form of rain, of his Holy Spirit. This has been your host tonight, Dr. E. J. McKenzie with the Master Key. God bless you. Mm-hmm.